Hello and thanks for joining me for the first Mould Show for 2022. And I thought with many of us still on school holidays or certainly here in Australasia, many of us are probably wondering about the impact of indoor air quality and potentially water damage on the health of our children. So today we're going to be talking about some of the key pieces of research which explore how water damage and mold and mycotoxins can affect your children. And without further ado, we'll get straight into this. So does mold harm children's health? And that's the topic that we need to be talking about today because it is a serious topic we cover at length in these uh, live streams and podcasts all the range of adverse health symptoms and problems that can occur to adults. But what about children? Because most of us have families and in many cases the built environment is a perfect reservoir for not only mold spores but a buildup of toxic allergens, chemicals and mycotoxins. What are these? What's the difference between an illness caused by uh, exposure to mold spores from an illness caused by mycotoxins? And so we're going to jump into a lot of these questions and answer those today. So obviously it's important for me to catalogue the range of symptoms that are most commonly associated with exposure to mold. Now this is a bit of a boring list. I'm going to race through this because I have a better way for you to conceptualize and understand and really take away with you today with a much better understanding of how mold affects your health. So rather than going through all of the bullet points on this slide, such as brain fog or sneezing or skin prickling, which are very real symptoms, but in a sense, this is just a bucket list. And really to understand mold exposure, what I'd be much happier with you taking away with you today is a mnemonic or an easy to understand way of how mold affects your health. And so I've prepared this emoji visual guide to mold and indoor air quality to explore this concept. And so the primary cause of mold is obviously water. Water contributes to the presence and overgrowth of bacteria, yeast and fungi in the built environment. Water damage can affect new and old homes and it impacts on indoor air quality. Indoor air quality is really fundamental to understanding mold problems. It's certainly different because not all mold problems impact on indoor air quality and similarly not all adverse indoor air quality problems are caused by mold because indoor air can be impacted on by things like chemicals, formaldehyde in the built environment which can be uh, added into your airspace from the use of cleaning chemicals for example or paints in the home or, or even new furniture which liberates these gases and in many cases uh, these are present in very high concentrations but just tracking through the top line of this particular slide you can see that water affects both new and old homes impacting on indoor air quality leading to a buildup of bacteria yeast fungi and even virus pathogens now not all of these germs are able to cause an acute illness, 
but some certainly can. Most of you will have heard about aspergillosis or meningitis, which are very severe complications, which in many cases are caused by fungi that are growing into your body or into your bloodstream. But the majority of people who have a problem with mold are reacting to the air quality challenge by a buildup of the actual cell or the spores that they produce, or even the fragments that are liberated when these cells break down and, and, and are sheared as they naturally float and fall out of the atmosphere in our homes. Now, the most common symptoms of mold exposure is usually detected with your nose. That's right, if you've ever smelt a musty or a mold affected water damaged building, you're probably first gonna smell it before you see it. And obviously this gives you a clue for the dominant sensitive cells inside your nose, which can detect the presence of these spores or maybe even the mycotoxins that might be present in the built environment. And affecting the nose means that it's affecting your respiratory system, meaning that you may end up with sneezing, you might have coughing, you may even develop adult onset asthma. But again, we're focusing on children now. So this would be new development, uh, early stage, early life stage uh, asthma symptoms in young children. And again, over time, exposure to mold and water damage leads to anxiety, an increase in depression symptoms, and even more feelings of sadness. And there's some really interesting uh, research out there focusing on the connection between bad indoor air quality and anxiety, depression, and sadness. Now, the dominant physiological effects are going to be affecting your respiratory system, your lungs, and your upper and lower uh, airway system. This then impacts on your heart health. And again, there is some excellent research showing that exposure to fine and coarse particulate matter, some of which contains biological cells over time, increases things like blood pressure and has a damaging effect on the heart muscle, which is not a good thing. Also, mold exposure can definitely have neurocognitive impacts as well, affecting the way in which you uh, relate to the world and whether or not you're able to, for example, word find or solve problems. And there's some unfortunate research showing that there are connections with mold exposure and some very serious neurocognitive conditions like uh, autism and multiple sclerosis. And we're going to get into some of this research today because it's really important. In any case, all of the references are going to be available in the links in the description and the show notes to this because this is really important that you're able to retrieve this and actually do your own research and verify and validate exactly what I'm saying. But I just want to finish off with this slide to also say that some of the effects also lead to inflammation and this can affect various different organs in the body. And we know about inflammation that it has a significant impact on our uh, uh, how we're able to fight off germs. So 
inflammatory conditions have a real significant impact and it's an immune challenging impact. And if we have a reduced ability to fight off infections, that makes us susceptible to a range of different pathogens in the built environment. So what are we going to be looking at today? And again, I said that I wanted to pick up some of the key papers from the literature. So firstly, you can download these and educate yourself. But in many cases, you may have to explain to third parties why mold is definitely a risk factor for your children. And we're going to get to the first publication right now. First publication is entitled Mold, Mycotoxins and Their Effects in Children. Again, all the links are going to be in the show notes. But the introduction to this is that obviously unexpected weather or unexpected plumbing problems or some type of way in which buildings become damp leads to mold problems and uh, adverse indoor air quality indoors. Now, molds obviously grow on these wet surfaces. And in order for those molds to exploit the host building, they sporulate. And this spore material becomes easily airborne and impacts on air quality inside the home. Now, remember that mycotoxins are different to mold spores. Mycotoxins are aspects of the cell membrane, cell wall, or cell constituents that in many cases are toxic. And it allows the mold to exploit its own ecological niche. And mycotoxin levels also become volatilized. So there's something which is uh, like an odor forming molecule and they are released into the airspace and they can build up to very high concentrations inside water damaged buildings. And the research suggests that often the levels of mycotoxins are up to a thousand fold higher than the mole count. So mole counts are an excellent quantitative way of estimating what the concentration of mold is indoors, but it does not pick up the concentration of mycotoxins. And even the EPA in the United States states that 50% of fungal growth is essentially hidden. And that is a huge concentration. And of course it makes sense because you can't always see what's growing under the floor, inside walls, or in your roof void. These are all elements of the built environment, which you may not be aware can be the dominant reservoir of mold inside your home. In any case, we are now going to go and track through what this publication by Dr. Andrew Campbell uh, and co-authors said. Now, he quotes in this paper, a study from Harvard University that looked at a bit over 13,000 children between the ages of eight and 12. And they found that there was mold growing in between 22 to 54% of the homes. And that in these homes, between three and 11% of the children had asthma. Similarly, a study from Russia showed that for just under 6,000 children with home mold and water damage, there was a positive association with 
adverse health symptoms like asthma, dry cough, wheezing, and bronchitis. Good evidence, isn't it? And if you are in a rental property or in your own property and have water damage and mold problems and are potentially in dispute with someone like a builder or your insurer who are dismissing your fears about water damage and mold, this live stream and podcast is for you because it's not just impacts on the amenity of the property. There's some very significant toxicological findings in the research literature which impact on your children's health. And we're going to go to another paper which you need to be aware of. Again, all of this is going to be in the show notes. You'll be able to retrieve this from my website, biologicalhealthservices.com.au and from, of course, the social media links where this podcast and live stream are going to end up. We're now going to get on to the next slide. And this is focusing on a publication again by the same author, Dr. Andrew Campbell. And the paper is entitled The Brain and Mycotoxins. And this paper is outstanding because it lays the groundwork as a review to explore the health effects of the mycotoxins on the brain. And the literature cited in this publication talks about the impact of mold and mycotoxins on the autism spectrum disorder and the research which suggests that many young people who are dealing with autism spectrum disorder, that there is an inflammatory component from mycotoxins. Similarly, we know that dementia and Alzheimer's disease affects older individuals, but the same type of impacts on the neurocognition pathways affect young people as well. And multiple sclerosis is a condition which is characterized by changes in uh, gait and locomotor ability. And A lot of the research that Dr. Campbell cites shows that mycotoxins affect the brain in a very significant manner. But what is important about this publication and why I would like you to be aware of it is that he talks about how your clinician, your medical healthcare provider needs to be considering using blood serum testing for mycotoxin antibodies using enzyme-linked immunosorbent assay, or the ELISA test. Now, he also says that urine testing for mycotoxins does not mean the person suffering from any disease or disorder is linked to mold and mycotoxins. And this is really important for you to understand because I'm very familiar with my own clients and patient referrals that often show me their uh, file notes from their doctor where there has been a urine mycotoxin panel done. And again, I'm always more persuaded, like Dr. Campbell, by the serum antibody tests. So really, it's something that you should be aware of. There are differences and they do detect different aspects. And as the doctor mentions in the paper, the urine mycotoxin panel is rightly often going to detect these metabolites being excreted from our 
uh, physiology as you would expect because molds affect our foodstuffs and you can imagine that they are excreted over time. We can't banish mold from our foodstuffs. They are all around and we are ingesting them. But the issue is that you don't want to be exposed to them in massively high concentrations. So the take home message is talk to your doctor about the range of options that he or she has available to him or her to help you get to the bottom of whether or not mold and mycotoxins are a challenge in your home or workplace. Now, I want to get on to uh, the next publication at this point in time. And this one is talking about whether or not molds have an ability to impact your child's intelligence. And I've essentially saved the best publication for last because this is looking at whether or not the cognitive function of six-year-olds exposed to mold-contaminated homes has an impact on their IQ. But before we jump into how this experiment was conceived and applied, I need to explain something called the odds ratio, because the odds ratio is going to come up in this publication, and it is going to be fundamental for you appreciating the impact that mold has on intelligence or IQ. So a little bit of theory here. The odds ratio is a way to present the strength of association between risk factors or exposures and outcomes. Now, bear in mind, if an odds ratio is equal to one, the exposure does not affect the odds of the outcome. Whenever the OR is greater than one, the exposure associated is with a higher odds of outcome. And so the hypothesis here is essentially, does mold exposure contribute to higher or lower IQ? And just say we suggest that the hypothesis is that it impacts adversely, leading to lower scores on an IQ test, we would be interested in what the OR value was. Similarly, if you frame your experiment as an OR less than one, the question then becomes, or when you drill into the data, the exposure associated with lower odds of the outcome. So in summary, if the OR is less than one, the odds are decreased for the outcome and when the OR is greater than one, the odds are increased for a given outcome. And you will often always see as well uh, something that is the um, range of your data. And often this is the 95 percentile. What does that mean? Well, it means that most of your data, excluding the smallest and largest variables fall within 95% of the mean or the middle of your data. And that is really important to understand that. Now, we're going to get straight into the results of this exciting study, because this is the paper that you would want to cite Again, if you're in dispute or even just trying to make a decision about whether that 
unwanted odour that you know is caused by water damage and mould? Could it be affecting your child's health? Now, they don't have to have asthma or runny nose or the sniffles uh, to have any of those hidden adverse health impacts that I covered with the emoji mnemonic that I showed you earlier, because that mold and that mycotoxin challenge could be impacting on their intelligence. And we're going to get into that data right this second. So what did the scientists in this paper do? They wanted to determine the exposure effect for living with mold on cognitive development in children. So they assessed 277 babies right up to six years of age. Visible mold was assessed on indoor walls and monitored at intervals over the gestation period and after birth up to five years. And they used the Weschler Intelligence Scale for children, which they administered at age six. So just so you understand this, the scientists wanted to work out whether or not there was a connection between exposure to mold and IQ. And to do this, they tracked the babies from birth right through to six years of age. And I'm now going to show you what the results found. And to do this, I'm just going to jump ahead because I noticed that we have missed out a slide. Here we go. Sometimes this happens. So what did they find? The adjusted IQ deficit attributed to longer exposure to indoor molds. Two years was significantly lower on the IQ scale, meaning that exposure to mold and water damage tripled your risk of having a low IQ. And how do I summarize this? The odds of having a lower IQ is 3.4 times higher if the child experienced mold during early life for more than two years as opposed to not experiencing mold. Now, I'm going to go back to this slide because how do you work out when you're not part of a study like this, whether or not you've got mold? Now, I mentioned your nose. You obviously can see mold in some situations, but in many times it's hidden. Remember the statistic from the EPA saying that 50% of mold is hidden. These scientists used a very broad definition of mold exposure and their definition was in the last six months. Have you noticed any problem in your home like leaky pipes, mold on walls or holes in ceilings and more walls? And if you have, if the mold patches on the internal walls are present, you only make it positive if it exceeded one square meter. Now that's really a large amount of mold. 
So therefore, when you're looking at the conclusions, one square meter of mold for two years triples your risk of having a lower IQ. And the conclusion to this study is that the ha- there are harmful effects of early postnatal exposure to indoor mold on children's cognitive development. And this is yet more evidence of the important role of the environment in impacting the cognitive development of children. I think these few or handful of studies are something which you need to be aware of. You will be able to download and retrieve these studies, as I said, on my social media, on Facebook, on YouTube, as links under this podcast, and also on my website at biologicalhealthservices.com.au. Molds cause a range of adverse health to adults as well as children. We have covered the neurocognitive impacts today because, or I've ended with this, because this is something that you really do need to be aware. It's not just the sniffles with mold exposure. It can have significant impacts on intelligence. So next time you're considering whether to do something about the mold in your home or office, think about your children. If they're at home with you, it's really important. You shouldn't underestimate the impact of adverse indoor air quality, the impact of mold exposure, the impact of mycotoxins on your health. In any case, thanks for watching and I'll see you next week. Bye for now.